Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together and worship you. We trust you. We, we come here from all different kinds of places and all different kinds of things going on in life. And what we need is we need you. That's why we're here. It's because we don't have all the answers. We don't always know what's right. We don't always treat the people we love the way we should, let alone our neighbors. Sometimes we have to walk through our own confusion and hurt and pain. And the questions that we have, they're loud in our ears and the answers seem really far off. But we know this, we know that you meet us right where we're at. You offer us something greater than what we're in the middle of right now. So we just come here together right now to say you are God and we are not. We want to listen for your voice. Would you speak to us through your word? Would you encourage those who need encouragement? Would you strengthen those who need strength? Um, give hope to those who need hope. And even, and even challenge those who need to be challenged this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome, 9.30, and those of you that are still mad that we canceled the 8 a.m. and are, are here reluctantly under protest, too bad. Invite more friends to 8 a.m. and you'll get it back. Uh, welcome, Tremont. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming online. We love you. I miss you. You guys are great up there. I hope Ryan didn't screw up the campus pastor part before this sermon, and uh, welcome online. Those of you that are watching online, we're so glad that you're all joining us. We're in week two of The Forever Gift, and last week, we, we busted out my pet rock. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. So go online and watch it. This week, we're talking about surprises. You ever notice how surprises can be troubling from time to time? How many, think, 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 take a moment. I know this is like different. Take a moment and think back of some surprises that have happened in your life. Maybe they were a surprise gift. I don't know. Maybe they were just a surprise. You know how surprises, sometimes when they pop into our lives, they can be troubling. Like the time I went to see my kid perform in a local community Christmas celebration, and surprise, everybody over the age of 12 decided to sing. Mary, did you know? Do you know that song? I hate that song. I'm going to get a mad email right now because somebody's like, I love Mary, did you know? Not the way they did it. <laughs> I should have thought this through before I realized that this is going on <laughs> online. You ever show, like the kid, like it was, it was like nobody was managing the sign-up sheet for this program and no, but some of you might have been there. It wasn't that far from here. You know, so, nobody was paying attention. Nobody had the thought to say, hey, by the way, what are you singing in case somebody else is planning on singing it? And uh, Mary, did you know, was busting out over and over and over again, increasingly worse while the stereo, the, the system was failing. Some surprises are troubling. Like when I bought my wife our first Christmas together in our new home, a sewing machine. That was a dumb idea. Here's this big box. I bought you something you didn't ask for. It's a surprise. A sewing machine. Really dumb, I, really dumb idea. You ever have a surprise that can be troubling? I think surprises are troubling because it's, they interrupt our expectations. And most of us here 
really struggle when our plans or our expectations are interrupted. It doesn't even matter what interrupts it. If it's a good thing or a bad thing, if it's a, a, a vow renewal service or a sewing machine gift, it doesn't matter if it's a phone call from the doctor or somebody telling us we're going on a trip somewhere like skydiving. I don't know. Uh, there's, if anything interrupts our plan or our expectations, we find ourselves troubled. Ask any newlywed couple. Some of you can like amen to this. Don't. Just do it in your heart. Because you're probably sitting next to the people who are going to judge you. Like, you know, like they get married with these great expectations about how life is going to be great and wonderful and beautiful and amazing and like a fairy tale. And it blows up six months later. Because our expectations get interrupted, surprise, by reality. Nobody likes it when you share a toothbrush. Nobody. doesn't matter how much in love you are. Nobody likes it. Surprises, they can be troubling when they interrupt our plan or our expectations. Maybe you're here right now this morning. You didn't know what you're rolling into. I'm sorry. I'm wound up. I've had eight weeks off. Last week was my first week back. I still have not kicked the rust off, right? Like, so, so buckle up. But maybe you rolled in here this morning suffering troubled because your expectations in someone else, your plan for your life, something you held dear to your heart, how you thought things were going to go for you, this chapter, have been interrupted. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to think about it. You're just troubled. Well, the good news is, right, like, so, the good news is, that's how Christmas started for Mary. <laughs> Mary, did you know? It's so troubling. So troubling. That's how Christmas started. Some have pleaded, I've not ripped this song. It's a good song. It's a good song. Um, I'm ripping it, but it is still a good song. Mary's story starts, and she's troubled by a surprise, even though the surprise at the point she's troubled comes, there's some really good stuff. In Luke chapter one and verse 26, it says this. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel of Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pled to be, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Last week we talked about Joseph and disappointment and when life throws you disappointments, the five things to do it might have been six. I don't remember my sermon from last year, which is okay, because neither do you. This week we're talking about Mary. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, now check this out. Check out. This is all she has to work on right now, right? This is it. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's it. It's all the angel leads with. And it says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and what wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Sometimes surprises, no matter if they're good or bad or in between somewhere, anytime they interrupt our expectations or our plans or our day, it can be very troubling. We wonder what life's going to look like, how things are going to change, how to get out of this, how to make things better. What are we going to do with this information? 
But the angel continued and interrupted her trouble and said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give me the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked this very big question that I think would be on the very front of all of our brains. How? how? Like, how is this? How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? Now, I don't need to get into the scientific specifics of why this question would be a big, are you with me this morning at all? <laughs> there you are. Um, is the tea throwing you off? How will this be? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word of the Lord will ever fail. I don't know what translation you're looking at if you're looking on your phone and scrolling a Bible app right now, or maybe you got a papal Bible in your hands. Maybe you want to grab a Bible on your way out. We love giving away Bibles. All the Bibles we have to give away for like the next probably 70 are a gift from my father, Randy Ott. So you could pick one up, and that's a special. Get them before, the, before they start coming from me. It's not as special once they start coming from me. Um, if you have a different translation, I might say, for nothing is impossible for God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I'm going to keep reading here in a second. Then I got five things for you, for those of you that are taking notes from this passage that I think are really important. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country called Judea. She's heading for the hills where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and in a loud voice she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is this child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Mary goes on and she sings a song of praise and adoration towards God who had already beat her to her uncertain future. I got five things for you today in this passage, and it's a little different because usually the list comes at the end of the sermon, but I'm just going to jump into it, and I want to spend a little more time, like five minutes for five things, and I still finish under the clock so you all can get out of here and have brunch. <laughs> I got five things from this passage when life gets interrupted, when your expectations get shattered, 
when you're troubled by a surprise that you did not anticipate, and when it feels like your plans are being interrupted. And by the way, sometimes our plans need to be interrupted because our plans are interrupting God's plans for our lives, and though we think our plan is better, God's plan is always better. That's a side note, that's free, that doesn't come as one of the five. Don't interrupt God's plan for your life with your plan. If you do, you're settling. Here's the first thing I got for you, right? Like, here's the first thing I got for you. The base level reminder that we all need to lock in is God favors you. Now, this is so important. I'm gonna read you a bunch of verses in a second um, from the Bible to kind of make this point because I feel like this point needs to be emphasized the most. Because often when we face a troubling circumstance, when our life gets interrupted, we question whether God favors us first. We say things like, maybe God's disappointed in me and that's why this junk is happening in my life. Maybe God's angry at me. Maybe I'm just getting mine for that mistake I made all those years ago. Or we disconnect a little bit and we say, I don't know if this God thing's real. Maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he doesn't have a plan for my life. After all, things aren't working out the way I hoped they would work out. My expectations are being shattered, my plan being disturbed. I don't think God loves me. I don't know what he's doing in my life. I don't see his hand. I don't feel his blessing. When I pray, it feels like he's far off. You ever been in a space like that? The baseline reminder, the very foundation of our identity needs to be so deeply rooted in this truth that if you get nothing else from this sermon, if you get nothing else from this church, if you leave here and I never see you again, I pray to God that you remember this. No matter who you are, no matter what life has looked like, no matter how challenging the circumstances you face look, no matter what questions or doubts you have rumbling in your soul, God favors you. It's a big deal. In a world where so many people feel like they need to put on a show to win the affection of others. They gotta dance, do all the right things to get approval from our peers, from Sometimes even the people in our own homes. It's such an important thing to know that deep down in your soul, there's a God who created you, who made you in his image, a God who loves you, a God who proved that love for you on a cross. In Romans it says that while we were still sinners, God demonstrated his love for us in this. Christ died for us. I remembered that completely dyslexic, so if you look it up in your Bible, the first part of that, the second part will be switched up a little bit. Same thing, though. I got some, some verses for you to remember when you're feeling like maybe nobody loves you or like maybe you need to win the approval of somebody else. Maybe you need to post those good, you know, filtered pictures online so that people will think you're awesome. You know, maybe you need to highlight the best parts of your life and hide the worst parts of your life so that somehow, some way, people can 
love you and appreciate you. Here's what I want you to know about God's favor. It says, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. Now what's so cool about that verse is that God surrounds us with his favor. His people, his children, those who are righteous are surrounded no matter where you go, no matter what life looks like, by his favor. It's so powerful to understand. I mean, when I read it at first, I'm like, righteous? I don't know if I'm living righteous, you know? But then I remember Romans 10, 4, and it says this, that Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. See, you're not righteous by what you do. You're righteous by faith. And Romans goes on, or Ephesians 2.8 even gives us another layer. It says, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not by works so that anyone can boast. It's a gift from God. He favors you. He loves you. Even before you knew him, even before you decided to come to church, even before you decided to give your life to him, even before you made it, even when you, he was a distant thought like some weird old man with a white beard sitting in the sky. Even before any of that, it was his grace. It's always been his grace. And through your faith, And his grace working in your life, his unmerited, that's what grace is, unmerited favor and pardon by his grace, his unmerited favor and pardon, and through your faith, you have been saved. You see, you're righteous already, and his favor surrounds you, but just in case that's not enough, Psalm 35 says, for his anger lasts for but a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. That's the only way I can stand up here today. It's it. And maybe it's probably the only way you can sit there right now. We all go through those moments where the weeping is thick. But for those who are in his favor and surrounded by his love, the morning always comes. Doesn't matter how dark the night is. And with it comes rejoicing. Maybe that's the word you need to hear right now. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Thank you, Jesus, for the favor that I get freely through you. I know that I spent a lot of time on that one, but that's because I feel like so many of us don't get that about God. We just don't get it. Listen, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, whatever life looks like, God favors you. Write it down. Get it tattooed on your arm. Scribble it on your neighbor so you don't forget. I don't care what you do. Just know this. The angel came and said, started with, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And we think that greeting is special to Mary, but it's not. It's for all of us. It's interesting that the angel leads with it. It's because it's the baseline from which we need to start life 
with. When you're interrupted, it's the reminder that we all need. When the surprises come, it's what we need to fall back on. I don't understand what's going on. But I know that God favors me. And the morning will come. And I'll rejoice. Number two. I think a lesson about when life surprises us is that sometimes people hear what they want, so don't just hear what you want to hear. <laughs> she missed it. Yet she was so focused on what was going on, she missed who it was that was speaking to her and what they were saying to her. Don't just hear what you want to hear. We do that all the time. We focus on the what and not the who. We can't blame her because we do it all the time. We want to know what's going to happen next. We want to know what we're going to do. We want to know what, what, what's the explanation for this instead of focusing on who is with us in the middle of it. Your confidence, the anchor in the storms of life is not because you have it all figured out. What gets you through to the other side isn't your ability to logically process all the pieces that are going on. To be, it's, not, it's not your explanation that sees you through the storms. It's who you're in the boat with. It's who you're living life with that makes all the difference in the world. You, you notice that on a human level, right? Like when things are good with the people closest to you, it almost doesn't matter what happens. You're good. Things are good at home. doesn't matter what happens at work. You're good. You see, what's bigger than the what is the who. And what we need is not just the reminder that God favors us. It's the realization that he's with us, that he's speaking to us. That he's going to see us through the uncertainty of what happens next. We're going to keep going here. Number three. We walk forward with faith. She's got a big question. <laughs> Huge question. I don't get it. Like, how? <laughs> what did you just say? And did you realize that the answer doesn't really clear it up a whole lot? Maybe it adds a little, it like drops the name. Oh, it's going to be by the Holy Spirit. That's encouraging, right, and terrifying <laughs> if you're Mary. It, it, but it doesn't like, give, some of you like are detail-oriented people. You need to know every little detail before you're ready to step forward, right? Like, just tell me everything that I need to know. Let me write it all down. Put a list together. Then I'm ready to go forward. If I can, if I can figure out all the alternative endings and all the different ways this can go, then I'm ready to go forward. We have, I, I, I love detail-oriented people. I'm not a detail-oriented person, but I surround myself everywhere I go with detail-oriented people. It's God's way of protecting me from myself. It's okay. Like some of us, we just, the, the, the interesting thing here is that she asks this huge question and she gets a sort of answer. She gets enough of an answer, but she still has to apply faith. See, she can't walk forward into the uncertainty of her future by her logic alone. She, she's not going to figure it out with just reason. God brings us far enough. He's always there to remind us of his presence, to give us a little more encouragement. He shows us the reasons for our faith, but it still takes faith. I talked to so many people 
that don't understand that, that they, they want to know, like, how, prove God to me. Prove it. Prove God to me. There's reason to believe in God all around us. Creation is speaking to it all around us. Science is pointing to it all around us. You have to have blinders on and a preconceived notion not to see that God is constantly showing us himself through everything. But it always takes faith. And if it didn't take faith, then we wouldn't have freedom. We'd just be robots. We wouldn't have choice. Everything in our lives would have been predetermined. It takes faith to move forward. She has this big question and the answers are coming, right? But she's got to be willing to trust God in the gaps. And then she has to have a willing heart to take a step. Maybe that's why you're not growing in your faith. Maybe that's why it seems so disconnected. The worship doesn't connect. Nothing, the words don't connect, you know, like you're fighting for it, but you just don't, just don't get it, right? Like you don't, you don't know, you feel stuck, things aren't going anywhere in life, you, you're just stalling out. Every time you start to get going on your own energy and your own strength, it just burns out a little bit more. Maybe what you've been missing is that willing heart and being able to trust God in the space between. If that's you right now and you feel stuck, that's where to rewind to. That's how to get back onto into actively participating in what God has for you, his plan for your life. You don't have all the answers, and that's okay. You can trust the one who knows your future. You can trust the one who has a plan and a purpose for you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. You can trust God in the gaps of uncertainty, in the frail moments where your relationships seem like they're gonna falter. You can trust God with your job, with your spouse, with your singleness, with your kid, with your grandkids, with your health. You can trust him even when the answers aren't completely clear. Number four, ready? God beats you there. <laughs> Wherever you're going, whatever life looks like, whatever step is next, God beats you there. I wonder what that travel was like to go see Elizabeth as she bolted out of town. Sometimes I want to run out of town, you know, like, what I find is this, is like when I'm, when I'm like really uncertain about how someone is going to respond to me, I keep playing the scenario out in my head. You ever do this? You're like, come on, come on, guys, you know you said something wrong, Right? This morning, you totally botched everything at home. You ran off to work, and you know you're coming home to a conversation that you're not ready for, you know? Like you're playing scenarios in your head. Okay, should I smile or look sad when I come in the door? <laughs> what do I lead? Here's what you lead with, just sorry. Even if you don't know what you did wrong, just always lead with sorry. Clear that up right now. When I'm uncertain about how someone's gonna respond to me, I start planning and plotting all kinds of things in my head. I run scenarios. I run scenarios. 
What am I going to do when I have this conversation? What if they're mad at me? What if, what if Elizabeth says, yo, how could you do that to Joseph? Uh-huh, yeah, right. Like, I know I had this weird thing with me, too, and I wasn't supposed to be pregnant, but, you know, like, Mary doesn't know that. Mary doesn't know what's going on with Elizabeth. Mary doesn't know while she's making the journey that God has been speaking to Elizabeth, that God has been preparing her support group, that God has been bringing people into her life so that she has what she needs to take this brave step of faith. So she's probably just running scenarios. What if Elizabeth doesn't take me in? What if she doesn't understand What if she doesn't believe this story? I don't know if I believe this story. Just running scenarios. And here's the thing I gotta understand about the scenarios in my life when I'm uncertain about what's gonna happen, about who's gonna say what, about whether they're gonna believe me or anything. Here's what I gotta realize. God always beats me to the places I feel uncertain about. Maybe you're stepping into a new job and you're like, I don't know what it's gonna go like. It's not, I'm scared. I never did this before, you know? Like things are changing in my life. I'm stepping into a new job. I'm stepping into a new relationship. I'm doing something new. Everything's kind of changing. I'm so uncertain about it. Here's what you gotta know. If you're not interrupting God's plan with your plan, if you have a heart that is willing and you're trusting him in the gaps, you are stepping into a place where he has already been preparing it for you. He goes before you, he follows after you. There's no height nor depth you can find that God has not already been there. He beats you wherever your future takes you. Whatever uncertainty he holds, he's there. He's in the doctor's office before you step foot in it. He's in your home before you ever crack the door open. He's at that new workplace before you ever punch the time card. He beats you there. It takes so much fear away, doesn't it? You won't have to fear what's next. God's already there. And he favors you. Number five and the last point I have for you today is this, sometimes it takes time surrounded by the right people to be ready to face the next leg of your journey. Mary has this amazing encounter with Elizabeth. When she realizes that God beats her there, she sings a song. It's a beautiful song. You could preach a whole sermon just on her song. You have to go check it out on your own. We're not gonna hit it this Christmas season, maybe next one. It's a beautiful song Mary sings, and at the very end of it, it gives us a little clue about how long she stays in that space before she heads home to deal with Joseph and the rest of the story. Three months. Three months. You ever do this? Like, it took like years to build this. (laughs) And then I start dieting for a week, and I'm like, why is it not gone? I gave up the cupcakes, I didn't eat any Christmas cookies, and I walked by the treadmill like five times this week. I don't get it, I'm not losing weight. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like some of you guys that are like health nuts, you know. Like it takes a long time 
because you built it for a long time. Like, I've been working on this physique for a couple of years now, probably since, you know, I call it pregnancy weight, but does that count when your youngest kid is 10? I don't know if it counts anymore, but I'm gonna still keep trying to do it. Like, I don't know, you know, like this pregnancy weight, it took a long time to put it on. It was a lot of nights eating ice cream right out of the freezer. Just a lot of nights. And uh, sometimes it takes time. It's okay. Don't expect things as, to go back to perfect right away. Walking with faith sometimes means you have to spend more time than we hope, than we wish. And if you're spending time surrounded by the right people, man, God will use those relationships. That's why church is so important. You were never created to go through life on your own. We were created for community to be surrounded by people. This is why church has been so devastating for some of you in the past. So hurtful. Why so many people are so angry out there on church. Why so many TikTok videos I see are people ripping church. It's because sometimes we failed at this. Like We are supposed to be a community that is encouraging and lifting each other up. And bearing each other's burdens. And being there for each other, showing up for each other, holding each other up when we want to sit down and quit, reminding each other of the grace that we've all been given by God. We're supposed to be a community of people. They don't look at somebody that looks different than us and say, I don't know if you fit here. You, you, you're wearing a Baylor sweatshirt. I don't know if you can be my preacher. You know, we're not supposed to be a, a, a group of people that creates lines and divisions and said, because you have tattoos, you can't be here. Because you drink too much, you can't be here. Because you do this, you can't be here. You see, we are supposed to be a people that are encouraging and bearing each other's burdens and sharing truth but never sharing truth without love sometimes it takes time surrounded by the right people to be able to face what's next and who knows maybe you here right now is God surrounding you by people that'll encourage you that'll be there for you he knows what's coming next and he's preparing you for the next leg of your journey it takes time I know in an instant gratification world, that's hard to hear. But the best stuff takes time. I hope you have some people that get you, that understand you, some people you can bear your heart to, some people who encourage you and pick you up, some people like Elizabeth, who for three months cared for Mary, wondered with Mary, Reminded Mary of this God who beat her there, who favored her. Reminded her that nothing could separate her from the love of God. No height, nor depth, nor angel, no demon, heaven and hell. Nothing could separate her from the love of God. She would need that reminder. As she was going back and the scenarios kept rolling in her head, what's Joseph going to say? She would need that reminder for the journey, but when she got there, what she found was that God had already been doing something new in Joseph too. He favors you. I hope you wrap that up tight this week, the season, forever. I hope it's the baseline you keep coming to. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. I'm so thankful 
that this Christmas story, the greatest story, doesn't start some hallmark Christmas card fashion. <laughs> it starts in a lot of, with a lot of troubled people in difficult places, not really understanding what was going on and not sure how to get through it. Thank you for Joseph and Mary and their stories for us. I pray that we would keep that baseline reminder right in front of us. You favor us. That we'd be willing and to follow you and, and able to trust you in the gaps. You know what we need. We just say we want, man, we want to see what you will do in our lives next. Help us get there. Give us the courage. In Jesus' name, amen.